Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Wednesdays in the Word. It's your midweek devotional intended to encourage you and equip you to follow the Lord Jesus in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel. This week, as we continue to journey through the Bible, we are moving into the book of Numbers. Here we will pick up the story of God's chosen people as they journey from the land of Egypt towards the promised land, the land in which God told them that he would give them and they would inhabit. The journey is certainly going to be a struggle. They're going to be faced with many obstacles and many challenges, none more costly than their own lack of faith and their disobedience to the commandments and the instructions of God. The people find themselves complaining and grumbling a good bit along this way, and Moses has to intercede for them several times. This evening, I want us to look at Numbers 13 through 14. The Lord instructs Moses and he's to send scouts to scope out the land of Canaan. Here's what we read in Numbers 13, 18 through 20. See what the land is like, and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortifications? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back some fruit from the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So these men did what they were told. They went in, they scoped it out, they scouted out the terrain, and then they came back and we read their report in chapter 13, verses 20, starting in verse 26. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey. And here is some of its fruit. However, the people living in the land are strong. The cities are large and fortified. And then we skip into verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, Let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. Verse 31 But the men who had gone up with him responded, We cannot attack the people because they are stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. The land we passed through to explore is one that devours its inhabitants, and all the people saw in it were men of great size. So we have Caleb, and we'll read later that Joshua stood by him as well, encouraging Moses and the rest of the nation and the rest of the Israelites to go and take the land, to go and receive the promise that God had given them. But yet the rest of the spies said no. They were afraid. The obstacle was too great. Caleb was ready to go and knew God would be with them. But the other spies said the obstacle was too big for us to overcome, that they should not go into the promised land. We read in chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, that Joshua and Caleb continued to plead with the people. Verses 8 and 9, if in chapter 14, 
If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and a land flowing with milk and honey and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land, for we will devour them. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. What Joshua and Caleb were pleading with the Israelites and what they were saying is God is with us. If we just trust God, we will be able to overcome this great obstacle. But the people would not change their mind, and this would lead to consequences. You see, disobedience always leads to consequences. Whether it's your children or my children disobeying me, there are consequences. Whether we disobeyed our parents, there are consequences. And God was angry at their disobedience. Chapter 14, verse 11 and 12 says this, The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust me despite all the signs I have performed among them? Verse 12, I will strike them with a plague and destroy them. Then I will make you into a greater and mightier nation than they are. I don't want you to miss this. God was fed up. God was angry. And his words say he's going to destroy that nation. He's going to turn Moses and his descendants into an even greater nation. Moses, once again, intercedes for the people. And through that intercession, God's grace is on full display. Verses 20 and 21 in chapter 14 read this. The Lord responded, responding to Moses' intercession. Here's the Lord's response. I have pardoned them as you requested. Yet, as surely as I live, and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me, they will... Will, these will never see the land I swore to give their fathers. None of those who have despised me will see it. The consequences of their disobedience was a generation of Israelites would not see the promised land. Their failure to obey meant they would not receive the blessings. But I don't want you to miss God's grace. I don't want you to miss that in his anger, he pardoned the people. And what we learn in this, these two chapters about God is he is slow to anger, for sure, but he does get angry. He is a gracious God, for sure, but he is also a just God as well. God's justice is on full display in this tragic narrative of disobedience because of their lack of faith. They were going to be punished. Because God is just, he cannot allow a rebellious, unrighteous people to claim his blessing. You know, this is true for us as well. God is a just God and he is a holy God. And he cannot allow sinners who rebel against him and his word and his law into heaven. And all of us are sinners and fall short of God's glory. But thankfully, and don't miss this truth from God's word, thankfully, through the work of Christ on the cross at Calvary, 
God's grace was on ultimate, supreme, and full display on that first Easter weekend. You see, it is through faith in Jesus Christ alone that is enough to satisfy God's anger against our sin. As Moses intercedes for the people of Israel, God is the ultimate sacrifice, or Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. He was the substitute for us. And through his death, he atoned for our sins. So that through our belief, repentance, and decision to follow him and put our faith in him, we too will be saved from God's anger and God's wrath. And we will experience the blessings of heaven by God's grace through faith alone. Oh yes, God still expects obedience, which is possible through the empowerment of his Holy Spirit. And so I would ask you the question today, what is God calling you to do? Is it to follow him for the first time? To let him change your life from the inside out? To believe, repent, and follow? Do you need to make that decision today? You can learn more about that by visiting our website or checking out our Facebook page. But maybe God is calling you to do something, to obey him. And you're staring at what seems to be great obstacles. Will you trust the Lord to help you overcome those obstacles? Will you obey in faith? Just remember, delayed obedience is disobedience. I hope that you have a wonderful and blessed week.